0: In this episode, we talk about fairy tales. Have you ever wondered the real origin of these really actually pretty dark fairy tales? Ever wondered what women were trying to pass on for messages through these fairy tales? We got you covered. Hi, I'm Heather Wood, and I'm an intuition and ego expert.
1: And I'm Jamie Hayhurst, and I'm an energy healer.
0: We're both passionate about smashing the patriarchy, integrity in the
1: spiritual world, and social justice. This is the Intuitive Girls Guide. Hey, friends. We are starting this episode with our first ever content warning. We just wanted to let you all know that in today's episode, we're going to be talking a lot about rape and sexual assault. And so if that is troublesome for you, feel free to skip this episode or just go into it knowing that that's going to be coming up quite frequently.
0: Hey, Jay, I think we should talk about fairy tales today. What do you
1: think? I think people are like, what? Fairy tales? Intuition? What are they talking about? They're going to love it. I hope so.
0: You know that I forever and ever have loved fairy tales, but it's been a journey for me because as a little kid, I loved fairy tales and any sort of story that had magic with a K in it, mythical stuff, all of that. I loved it. And as I got older, I started to look into the original meaning behind these stories. I felt really drawn to that. Uh-huh. And it's, I really think it's not what most people
1: think. Agreed. And I, th- I thank you for sort of taking me on this journey because I, too, loved fairy tales and all things with that magic, the real magic, the fairy godmother, the spells and all this stuff. But then as I got older, I started to get really mad at the sort of present day princesses, you know, the patriarchal version of that. It felt like we all had this really terrible standard to live up to. But then you started teaching about how that's not what it's all about. Exactly. Exactly right. So if if you have also gone on a
0: journey with fairy tales... (laughs) I think that you'll enjoy this episode. Fairy tales have a lot more to do with intuitive ancient culture than most people realize. So we're going to talk about all the things and we're going to talk as we're going to bring fact in, but there's also going to be a lot of theory involved. So I will try my best to um, really differentiate between what we know for sure and what is a, Heather Theory. can't wait. Okay. So I want to start by saying, if you loved fairy tales as a kid, like Jamie and I, and then you sort of started to have like a little issue with them because you started to realize something was off in those Disney fairy tales that we love, congratulations. You are an incredibly intuitive person.
1: (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. You win. You win the prize.
0: Yes. Now I could turn this whole episode into me ranting about this one thing, I promise that I will not do that. (laughs) But I want to say it right at the beginning because I think that a lot of people are picking this up in some way and everyone, some people are like really aware of it. And some people are like, why is this bothering me? So I wanted to point it out right at the beginning.
1: Right. I think it's one of another, one of those things, put it on our list of things that we had, as a culture or as many different cultures had all of these things and that was taken from us and twisted and turned and used against us by capitalism and the patriarchy and white supremacy, all that stuff.
0: Exactly. And I, if you didn't realize fairy tales were in that category, I'm about to burst your bubble.
1: Right. Um, exactly. You might be mad for a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah. So the Disney versions of the fairy tales all have these very strong themes where there are no women okay. now there are girls in these right. princesses are all young girls right but uh-huh. pre-frozen there aren't women in these fairy tales they don't have any connection to each other and go look and see how many fairy tales you can find where there's a mother exactly exactly so, again I'm gonna hold my rant Mm-hmm. Um, there is something called the Bechdel test that we may end up doing an episode on. You guys can tell us. But what yep. this is is a test to see if a movie passes the bare minimum for representing women.
1: Yeah, and they all fail the Bechdel.
0: All of them fail. Yeah. Real hard. So if you're wondering, the the movies and the books and the things that you loved as a kid, you were drawn to them for a really strong reason. And as you got older and they started to like give you a stomach ache, well done. Congratulations. Right. Let's Thank talk you. about why. Yep. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. So first I just want to say that fairy tales are um, stories that predate the written word. Right. These were being passed down through, Stories sitting by a fire, right? Like we talk about that a lot when we, especially the episodes that we did when we talked about the Sabbaths and all those different, um, sort of pagan holidays where everyone's like, why does everything involve fire? Well, because sitting around a fire was the way that people sort of socialized. And so these, these quote unquote fairy tales were being passed down around fireplaces. This was like entertainment and also lessons. Right. That's where community was, was around a fire. Exactly right. Exactly right. So they were also acted out a lot. So there were sort of like uh, impromptu plays put on where people would act out these stories also as a way to pass them on. And I think that's important because our culture really loves like TV and movies and those sort of things. And there is ancient roots to that. Like we're kind of designed to be drawn to understanding the human experience more through that kind of a medium.
1: Right. And it was certainly before we ever had to memorize things or take notes on things. We learned and absorbed by watching and having these experiences where we were being entertained, but also taking in information. Exactly. So
0: experts can track fairy tales to Around six thousand years ago they can find evidence of them. Wow. That's incredible. Isn't that amazing? So when you're when you're doing that thing where you make fun of girls for liking fairy tales and like being quote unquote basic and liking like pumpkins at a certain time of year and and being drawn to all that stuff. I just want to say to you it's literally in our design and it's from our ancient ancestor roots that we are designed to be drawn to those
1: things. Exactly. Nailed it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay. Fairy tales are actually a form of mythology.
1: Oh, interesting most every
0: fairy tale we have can be drawn back to mythological roots. Now, this is a place where people disagree, Jay. Not everyone agrees with me. Some people say, no, it was this person who wrote that or that, or no, that doesn't track back. It's actually the origin of this story or this real person. You can have all kinds of fun reading everyone's different opinions of that, I, my personal belief is that they are all based on mythological stories that were passed down through different cultures. And now that we live in a society where sort of our cultures are all like mixed in that mixing pot. Remember we talked about that with pagan culture too, how pagans are like driven out and sort of um, brought together. They were, they were (laughs) some of the OG refugees, right? Right. So a lot of these stories mixed and, you know, had other elements added. And as as they were passed down through different families and whoever decided to record them, there were different elements mixed in.
1: Right. Exactly. I'm with you on that theory for sure.
0: Most every time you see a fairy, a wise woman, a fortune teller, anything like that in a fairy tale or a witch, that's actually a goddess.
1: Oh, yes. So –
0: Think about what happened to the goddess in belief systems, mainly in patriarchal religion. They they were stamped out, right? So they were all changed into sort of fairies and and those sort of figures. So whenever – we're going to go through a few fairy tales, but whenever you're watching one or listening to one, when there is a anything like a fairy, wise woman, fortune teller, which that was originally a goddess. Wow. Okay. That is – my theory, I don't, I, I didn't come up with the theory. I just strongly agree with it. Some people don't think that, but in, when you draw back and you'll see this in one of the fairy tales that I tell you, there are also fairies. And those, those people who were fairies, their parts in most of these fairy tales are gone. So just do what you will with that. Gotcha. I have to mention two names of people who I think are really important when it comes to fairy tales. Um, The first is the Brothers Grimm. I think a lot of people have heard of them. Yep. They get credited with writing a lot of the fairy tales. No, no, no. They just took a lot of these stories. They actually, if you read and research them from women who were passing them down and wrote them down in their own sort of uh, way, like they were like, let me interpret this fairy tale and put it out in the form of a book. And they weren't claiming they wrote them. So no hate towards the Brothers Grimm, but they sort of get... I think a little more credit than maybe they should.
1: Right. They weren't the authors. They were just putting them down on paper.
0: Yeah. And putting like a, what was considered at the time a modern spin on them. Right. Exactly. Even before him, I had to include this guy because I know the title he's given will just like push your buttons and it makes me happy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So his name is Charles Perrault. He also did the same thing. He predated the Brothers Grimm. He's just lesser known, but he's considered the father of fairy tales, Jay.
1: I was just about to say <laughs> there's no there's always gonna be a father of something. every yeah. episode, almost every episode we do when we like talk about something, hypnosis or anything that we that we want to talk about or that we're going to talk about that we have talked about. there's always some guy that's the father of this. He's really just the one who's been like the modern you know researcher or the modern day teller or whatever.
0: Exactly right. And it's always a guy and there're always stories that were or or things that kind of were started with wise women. It's super annoying.
1: Right, exactly. But then it's it's like our culture is obsessed with knowing the creator and like sort of like the boss of something. I know I say it all the time, but it's like that it's that capitalistic idea that there has to be a boss.
0: Yeah. It's so annoying.
1: All of it is gonna go there.
0: Yeah. Literally the only reason I wanted to mention this guy was to to have you do that rant. So mission accomplished. But no hate towards him. I don't think that he no. was a bad guy. He wasn't doing anything wrong. But again, culturally, we don't need a father of everything. This is stuff that originated way back into our ancient cultures, and we won't find the first person to tell them.
1: We just won't. And make me the mother of something. like, And then I won't be so mad about it. Like, like, Make mothers or something. Like, She was the mother of this thing. And right.
0: Yeah, I love that. Okay, we're going to start doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so... Again, like Jamie's ranting about, it's a perfect segue. These fairy tales were being told by women to women. Right. They were being told as stories about things that had happened, um, cautionary tales to teach lessons, predictions and readings were being done, Mm -hmm. thoughts about the future, like move over Nostradamus. (laughs) Right. Right. These were being passed down as really important information. And as we get later in time, as they're being passed down, they're being changed to just symbolically represent the things that they're trying to pass down because women were not allowed to teach a lot of these lessons. So When you hear fairy tales, you have to listen. I'm going to tell you a few. You have to listen to them symbolically. You have to look at that. So what I'd like to do with you now, Jay, if you're down, is I'd like to tell you a couple of fairy tales, the origin that I believe is the true origin. I'd like to tell it to you and then see if we can interpret what the meaning of this story actually was.
1: Okay, let's do it.
0: You want to try? Okay. Okay. I thought we would start with Snow White. How do you feel about that Disney story?
1: I, I love that story.
0: Okay. So spoiler alert to anyone who doesn't know, fairy tales were mother effing dark.
1: Yes, they were dark. They're scary.
0: Yeah. If you thought the Disney version of Snow White was a little rough, oh boy, I got some, I got some news for you. Right. Exactly. Okay, I am going to do my best to pronounce things correctly, but I'm going to apologize right now for butchering some of these names. I did do the Google Translate or pronunciation thing, so I tried, but I don't, I don't promise to get it perfect. But I believe that the sto- the real original story of Snow White comes from a Roman legend. That would make sense. Okay. I will tell you some of the other origins that people popularly think this came from that is not this, but we can decide for ourselves. So let me tell you this story first. This is the story actually of Shioni. Okay. Shioni translates to snow. Perfect. Okay. So she was the daughter of a brave warrior named Dandelion. She was so beautiful, Jay, that even the gods fell in love with her
1: tracks for a mythological tale.
0: Yeah. I'd actually like to to talk about that because I'm always going, why is it always a story of a human who's really a human woman who's really beautiful? and a as you'll see, a goddess who's pissed about it.
1: Well always. I mean, that's almost every mythological tale.
0: Yeah. so I'm after I tell the story, i'd I'd like us to look at like why might women be, cautioning with this? Or what What might this actually mean? Or is that just like a hidden distraction for men to think is what the story is about? But there's something else behind it. I would like to run all of those theories by
1: you. All right, let's do it.
0: Okay. So she was so beautiful that when she fell asleep one time, the god Mercury just decided to rape her. Nice. That's great. Um, and then Apollo came upon this scene disguised as an ugly old woman. Now Apollo was this like beautiful God. I'll tell you what they're the gods of after. There's a lot of stories where he would appear like an ugly old woman or ugly to not, so people didn't know it was Apollo.
1: Yeah. Gods do that oftentimes in mythology.
0: Exactly right. Okay. So he comes upon the scene and guess what he decides to do? What? Also rape
1: her. Oh, great.
0: Yeah. Great. Great story. Our, our beautiful snow here or Shioni doesn't, doesn't really know this happens, but figures it out because she becomes pregnant with twins. Okay. One, one of the twins is the son of Mercury and the other twin is the son of Apollo. Okay. She has these babies and goes out into the world, I guess, dealing with this trauma and is telling people that she is so friggin' hot that two different gods raped her while she was asleep and she's having their babies.
1: This really is different from the from the, uh, <laughs> the Disney telling.
0: So she's bragging about this, okay? Now, I just gotta say if that's how you need to deal with this trauma, then you 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 brag Snow White. You right. do what you gotta do. Okay. Right. Well, apparently the goddess Diana hears her bragging and hears Shioni say that she, she must be even more beautiful than a goddess. hmm Okay. So Diana gets mad and decides to shoot an arrow at her tongue so she can't keep, like, talking like this.
1: Uh, wants to shut her up.
0: Yes. Shoots the arrow, gets her in the tongue. Diana's a good shot, in case you didn't know. <laughs> and, uh, but she kills her. Oh. And it's kind of like, well, I guess she'll be quiet now. Womp womp. Yeah. End of the story.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Not super marketable for present times.
0: Not really like marketable towards kids. And I should also say here, fairy tales were never meant for children.
1: No, they weren't.
0: Let's look about, let's look at this. Because if you know anything about mythology, you know that everything is like hidden lessons and hidden meanings, right? And so especially with that theory that we talked about where women were sort of disguising things to get messages to each other.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Let's look at it that way.
1: Okay. I love this part. I love when you do this.
0: (laughs) Mercury, who is the first attacker of our beautiful Shioni.
1: Yep.
0: He is the god of commerce.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Apollo, who is the second attacker who was originally disguised as an ugly woman or a crone was, would have been the term used before. Yes. Is the gar- God of art and knowledge. Okay. Diana is the goddess of the hunt and of wisdom.
1: Yes, she is.
0: Okay. So let's look at this story a bit more symbolically, shall we?
1: Yes, please.
0: Okay, so our beautiful human woman Mm -hmm. is attacked and raped by commerce.
1: By capitalism. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. And then
0: instead of defending her or fighting things off, a god, male god disguised as a woman – does the same thing to her. So, art and knowledge, this is my interpretation, Jay, promotes this idea. Yes. Keeps the ball rolling.
1: It should be protecting her, but doesn't.
0: Yeah. And if you look at rape less literally, and you yeah. think of it as taking the power of a woman, which is what, if you look back at like ancient pagan stories, when they're referring to, they're not using that word, but when they're referring to this happening, they are symbolically also referring to someone taking a woman's power. Right. It's like any taking without consent. Exactly. Okay. So the God of art and knowledge already instead of defending and helping does the same thing. Yes. So now this beautiful woman who's gone through this instead of fighting back sides with them and decides that she must be so desirable And that it's a wonderful thing about her and gives birth
1: to their sons. Right. And uses it as a way to promote herself or to use it to her advantage. Yeah. It's like her bragging rights. Right. Right. And she's saying this to other people
0: to sort of spread the idea that like she's better or like you should hope to be like that or have that happen to you. Right. Like you want to be taken advantage of too. It must mean you're amazing and desirable and wonderful, right? right? It's sort of, it gives me real vibes of how in our culture now we blame women. We're like, well, what was she wearing?
1: Yes. Right. Exactly.
0: Okay. So then the goddess of wisdom, literally the goddess of wisdom. So a woman who freaking knows, knows her shit, Right. right? It's like, oh hell no, are we spreading that around? Right. As she tries to silence her, kills her. Yes. I think that there's a lot more juicy stuff in the story if you if you look deeper at it like that. Right. When you first hear the story,
1: you think that Diana is the bad guy.
0: Yeah, she's painted that way. She's painted as this jealous woman right. that because this human had these two gods, you know, desire her, if you want right. to think about that. And then she goes around and says she's, she's just as beautiful or more beautiful than a goddess. Then right. in jealousy, she stops it. Now, to me, if you want to make it so a man doesn't notice what's really going on in the story, I say you, you just say, oh, it must have just been two women fighting fighting over men. I think that might have been a purposeful distraction, in my opinion.
1: Right. I think that that works for when you're thinking of the time when these fairy tales were created. And it was the sort of the dawn of the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. When we talked about that in one of our episodes, sort of the, the timeline of these events. And this was when women were starting to be silenced when they couldn't tell these stories outright. They couldn't just speak freely about be careful of men, be careful of commerce, be careful of this and that. So it would make sense that all of these hidden meanings would be passed down this way.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Now the story is retold with lots of different elements added in. There are versions where there's an apple. There are versions where there are um, the seven dwarfs. Like they, they believe that they came in at a time where children were forced to mine and when right. they were mining, like got these like awful deformities and never grew from the work that they were being forced to do. Right. And so there's all these other elements where you see these, these different things added.
1: Right.
0: I'll have you see that the Diana, the goddess was changed into a wicked stepmother. Right. Of course. <laughs> so you can look and you can, you find like, Oh, this is how we wiped this out or this is how we changed this. Right. So, I think it's really interesting. Um, And I'd also like to mention that there are two very popular origin theories that would come far after like Roman mythology would be being spread. Um, The first is that it was um, about a woman named Margaretha von Waddock. And she was alive between 1533 and
1: 1554. Okay.
0: And so, and the other one is Maria Sophia van Erthel, and she was alive in 1729. And if you read the stories of their lives and what happened to them, you can see a lot of elements that one of them is where the dwarfed children come in. um, And the other one is where the apple comes in. So you can see that maybe... Those stories, I don't think they were the original. I don't think it's based on that. But I think maybe as those things were happening, they got intertwined into this story.
1: Right. They got added in.
0: Yeah, exactly. So
1: we have to say, I have to say right now that like if you're feeling frustrated right now, (laughs) like that's why we all got to this point where we started to get really frustrated with these modern Disney type fairy tales and they're not all Disney, but like these retellings, this is why it's, and it's almost like, I almost think back, you know, literally to four to 6,000 years ago of the women that were, the women that were creating these stories to protect other women that were trying to make it safe to protect the women coming behind them. And to know that it's been turned into this, what it is now where it's like now used against little girls to, to look like they have to look a certain way and act a certain way. And they don't like women aren't even like the main characters really anymore. It makes me so frustrated for them that we've turned it so far around.
0: Agreed. Like that the whole message now is to, you know, be so beautiful that a man falls in love with you when you're like 14 at first sight. (laughs)
1: Right. Exactly. And like, and even just like, if you want to get into like the drawings of the illustrations of them, the way their bodies are made and ratioed. Oh, it's it just makes me upset for these women from 5,000 years ago. You know,
0: me too. The only thing that will that makes me feel better is that I think we're starting to turn that tide a little bit. Right. I think that some of the movies coming out now where I still have lots of problems with, with, some of the messaging. (laughs) I do think that we're moving in a better direction and it just, I feel like I could rant about this all the time, but I'll I'll just add it quickly here is why we need more really intelligent women in roles where they're like writing or directing or in these boardrooms where they're making sure women are being represented as they actually are, not in whatever crazy way a male sees them.
1: Agreed. And also this is one of our, constant themes is to always listen to your intuition. If someone's trying to diminish or dismiss what you say, like if you're sort of, if you're critiquing these modern day princess stories and someone's like, Oh, get over it. It's just a kid's story. What's the big deal? You know, like you're tapping into that energy that's been hearing these stories for 5,000 years and knows that they're actually made to protect women.
0: Yeah, it, it's like literally in your DNA and in your bones, these stories being passed down. So, you know, you're this little kid who's like really drawn to them, and that makes total sense. And then as you get older and you start to, you know, be able to hear them in a different way and see them in a different way, you start to have a little bit of an issue with it because there's something that doesn't feel right here. Right. I just want to, I want to, I want you to congratulate yourself for being very in tune.
1: Well done. And don't let anyone make you feel silly for questioning no. what they are now. You, you're already detecting that something's off.
0: Exactly right. Exactly right. Okay. I'd like to move on to my most favorite fairy tale in the whole okay. entire world that I watch the Disney version of every day. So much so, now this is going to, some of our younger listeners are going to be like, what? <laughs> but you'll understand this, Jay. I had, it, I had it taped, like I taped it off of the TV. Oh, yeah. And I watched it so many times that, so back in the day, you guys, you could, you, there were tapes that you could like tape multiple things over. So like there must right. have been a few episodes of the TV show Fraggle Rock that were there before I taped Sleeping Beauty.
1: Down to Fraggle Rock?
0: Exactly. So there is a scene where, where Aurora is going up to the spindle to like poke her finger or whatever, spinning it oh, yeah. And Fraggle Rock would burst in for, like, 10 seconds in that scene for me and then go back. So much so that, like, when I watched it as an adult, I was, like, almost expecting Fraggle Rock to pop in for a second.
1: So you're telling me you watched it so much that you wore the tape down so that you got to, like, the original the original recording on the tape? Yes. I have never heard of that in my life. I cannot believe that. Wow. You've watched it a thousand times.
0: Well, think about this, Jay. This was a story of a girl who saw three fairies floating around all the time and like talked to them and they like protected her. Like little girl me was like, there's another person who sees things like
1: this. it was exactly who you needed to see. She
0: comforted me. Yeah. Okay.
1: I bet. Let's talk about
0: her less about my childhood experience and more about what I think is the original sleeping beauty story and this is from someone who wore the tape out but fra- so much that freckle rock popped in so I, I think I have a little bit of street cred here for
1: this right but also you even more street cred because you're someone who grew up with the like the modern version the disney version so if you were obsessed with that version it probably was hard for you to leave some of that behind and go to the the true origin story
0: yeah that was like a a rough wake-up call I'm I wondering. bet yeah. All right. Well, I believe that Sleeping Beauty is actually a story called the Persiforest story. Okay. So again, I'm going to tell you the story and then we can kind of go back and pick through what we found yeah. some of the meanings might be. So there was King Zeland and his queen. They had a child and back way back in the day, we're, we're in pagan times, baby. Right. It was customary to go to the temples of three goddesses if you were a king and a queen having a child. Okay. So the goddesses were Venus, Lucina, and Temis. Okay. You would go to their temples and leave them an offering, like a meal or like set a setting and there'd be like a fancy meal and dessert. And this is what you would do for the goddesses. Right. I would like to say this tracks for me as a woman. Like if you want something from me, you bring me food.
1: <laughs> yes, agree. <laughs> or
0: coffee. Coffee oh. is food to me. Yes. You bring yeah. coffee, you bring food, you do like a nice place setting, you right. you cook something nice and then maybe there's a nice centerpiece. I okay. whatever you would like from me, I'm probably going to agree to. So I just side note if you are also like that you just have goddess vibes. That's all. Exactly. <laughs> so they would send their servants to go, or handmaids to go and like set these up in these temples. Mm-hmm. So it was done, and Temis was not given a knife.
1: Oh, uh oh.
0: So it's as the story's being told, most accounts are that it was just an oversight or an accident on the part of the handmaid. Right. Okay. Read what you will.
1: She's in trouble.
0: Temis was pissed.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Temis doesn't have a knife to eat her stuff. Like I get a girl, I get it. Yes. Agreed. Okay. So she curses the king and queen's baby. Uh oh. So the, the king and queen's baby's name is Zelandine. Hmm. So she curses Zelandine and says um, that a shard from a spinning wheel will pierce her finger and cast her into a sleep. She will wake when it is sucked out. Okay. I would like to tell you the exact line that she says as she's cursing her. Let's hear it. And I sort of wish I was recording your reaction. Maybe I will.
1: Is this a dramatic reenactment that we're having here right now? (laughs) Okay. Are you ready? I don't know.
0: The sentence she says is, you must pluck from the slit that holds the fruit.
1: What? <laughs> That's, okay. I get it. I'm picking, up, I'm picking up what they're putting down. Okay. That's going to come back later. So remember that. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. So Princess Salandine grows up. And she falls in love with a knight named Troilus. Okay. While he's away doing whatever knights do, I guess.
1: Conquering some land. I guess in his armor
0: or whatever. She gets the shard in her finger. Of course. Okay. So this was like back in the, this. think back to the times where they were using spinning wheels. And like, that's how you made wool from thread and all that good stuff. Right. I don't know what happened, why girlfriend wasn't avoiding it more, but the piece of fabric or thread gets into her finger. Okay. I would also like to just say that there are versions of this story where girlfriend is allergic to gluten and gets a shard of, like, wheat in her finger. I just thought I would, like, add that in.
1: Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? (laughs) Okay. So she falls into her
0: sleep because she's been cursed, remember? Yep. So her father, the king, places her in a tower. It's always a freaking tower. Why do we need
1: to be in a tower? I don't know. It's weird.
0: When Troilus returns, his nightly duties are over. I guess he's on nightly leave or whatever. Right. Um, He returns and finds out what has happened and is obviously devastated. Right. So he seeks Venus's help to, like, what do I do to break the curse? Okay. Okay. So she tells him, you need to pluck from the slit that holds the fruit. Obviously. (laughs) Okay.
1: Obviously, that's how you fix that.
0: So he's like, the heck does that mean? But goes to to try. Okay. Okay. So now she's in this big tower. So he has a a fae, otherwise known as a fairy, um, named Zephyr, help him into the tower. Okay. He's there and he cannot figure out what to do. Boyfriend cannot find the fruit.
1: The slit that holds the slit. He can't find the slit, is what you're telling me. He can't find the slit that holds the fruit to pluck the shard. <laughs> this is why, this is partly why we had to give a content warning. <laughs> okay.
0: I would also like to say that in most accounts, our princess is. Lying in a coma, naked for some reason.
1: Oh, okay,
0: okay. So he calls our our prince or our knight here, Troilus, our brave knight, calls Venus to him to okay. be like, I don't, I don't get what to do. And Venus is so pissed off that this brave knight cannot figure out what to do based on her instruction, and she, that she berates his manhood.
1: Well. I mean, sort of fitting. And leaves. Like yourself, <laughs> you idiot.
0: So because his manhood's been berated, guess what he decides to do?
1: Don't tell me he kills her.
0: No, he rapes her.
1: No, God. <laughs> I know. Just uh, to, you know, get his manhood back. From a half dead girl, right. A comatose princess.
0: hmm <sighs> He leaves and gives up heartbroken, crestfallen. And our girl Zeladine suddenly wakes up because she has given birth to a baby who is trying to feed and sucks on her finger and pulls out the piece of fabric. But before she can realize anything that's happened to her, a half bird, half woman swoops in and grabs the baby and flies off and brings it to the three goddesses to raise.
1: Okay, gotcha. So now, all right, we're back to like the Disney version here. hmm
0: <laughs> Now, in most accounts, Zeladine has no idea that she's been asleep, that she was raped, that she had a baby, that any of this stuff happened. Oh, my God. Okay. And the king, finding out his daughter is awake, is like, I know what happened here. The god Mars saved her. <laughs> And what? sends her off into the world and she reunites with Troilus, not knowing any of this and they elope and get married. End of the story. Awesome. So that's that story. Would you like to pick it apart a tiny bit? Yes. <laughs> All right. Venus. Let's talk about the, let's talk about the three goddesses. Venus. Yeah. Venus is the love is the God of love, beauty and desire. Yep. Okay. Lucina is the moon goddess. She's the goddess of cycles, fertility, and marriage. Perfect. Temis. Guess what she's the goddess of, Jay?
1: I don't know. What?
0: Wisdom, divine order, fairness, and law.
1: Oh, of course she is. Of course. Okay. All
0: right. So do you see what's happening here? The the goddess that was slighted by these parents in raising their child and, and seeking, um, you know, blessings from was the one of wisdom. Right. Do we see a theme? Yes,
1: we do now. Yeah.
0: So we didn't slight the goddess of love, beauty, and desire or of cycles, fertility and marriage. So we see where the priorities are here.
1: Right, Right. Exactly.
0: Okay. So,
1: Temis is
0: the one who curses her. So yes, in the story, Maleficent would actually be based on Temis. Okay. Because in the Disney version, she's not invited. That's slight. Do you see that? Okay. All right. Now, all of this stuff happens in the, the night, this brave night, you got to think back to a time where knights were like celebrities, kind of right. This brave night cannot figure out how to help her. And instead of calling on the God of wisdom, who does he call on
1: the goddess of love?
0: Exactly. He doesn't look for the information. He's just calling on beauty and desire to tell him what to do and beauty and desire. She doesn't have time for his shit. No, exactly. She's him. Yeah. Right. So again, it's this messaging. Now, if you also take, take rape in the story, and uh-huh. the taking power and see, see it as that. It's, again, to me, a cautionary tale that society is moving towards just valuing women for their beauty and desire and their ability to have children and be wives and not wisdom and law and fairness and being in those places. And if you're going to try to tell me that this isn't a, a tale warning of where we are now in the world you're gonna have to fight me about it
1: agreed same
0: now also remember that the king credits the god mars for saving
1: her who is the god of mars is the god of war oh god it's so perfect i
0: know so again if you perfect if you look at this symbolically and you look the fact that this princess goes off and marries her attacker, who she has a child with, that she, neither of them know about. Like, it's just really interesting because Temis was slighted here. I just think that's amazing.
1: It's so interesting to me. It's so interesting. And if you think about this, you take your sort of current modern brain and modern life and the society that we live in, and that. Like it's requiring a ton of decoding for us to do now. But back then, all these gods and goddesses were known. We knew who these people were. So it, it wouldn't be like decoding or decrypting this thing. It would just be like, oh, I see. it would be a lot more obvious to the people telling the story. Exactly. What to look out for, what to watch for.
0: Exactly. Exactly right. So there you go. That's the story of Sleeping Beauty. I would also like to tell you a quick version of Cinderella and then chat about a few more fairy tale esque things. But I think this would be a good time to take a break and come back and talk about what we're obsessed with first. What do you think?
1: Yeah, let's do that.
0: We'll be right back after this short break. Hey, Jamie, do you know what goes really well with listening to a podcast? A great cup of coffee. Yep. And if you're local to South Shore, Massachusetts, you've got to check out Restoration Coffee. They're a specialty coffee shop that's been voted best coffee on the South Shore numerous times. And they offer more than just a great cup of coffee. They have specialty
1: lattes, breakfast and lunch options, a cool vibe and a really friendly staff. And if you're local or not, you can also order their beans, which are roasted in-house, by the way, and have them shipped anywhere. Yes. I'm going to go grab myself an Americano. No, grab me a Rachel with oat milk. That's my favorite latte. All right. You got it. And you know what, Jay?
0: The owner is also really hot.
1: Um, You should know you're married to him.
0: <laughs> All right. Visit restoration-coffee.com. That's restoration-coffee.com.
1: And tell them that the Intuitive Girl sent you. Let's talk about what we're obsessed with this week. All right. So this week we are currently obsessed with, although again, it's been sort of building like the whole Schumann resonance thing. But lately we're talking a lot about the shift from sun sign in astrology to moon sign. Yes. I am here for this shift. Yeah. Like, again, I know that Heather and I, we should be like promoted and and (laughs) sponsored by TikTok. But that's I'm seeing a huge shift on like witch talk or astrology talk or wherever I end up on there is like, everything now is about What does your moon sign mean when it comes to relationships? What does your moon sign say about how you meditate? What does your moon sign say about how you tap into your intuition? And I think that that's a big departure or maybe not a departure, but like um, it feels like we're just sort of following down the path beyond just like sort of the basicness of the sun sign.
0: Yeah, it's like, you remember that episode we did where you were bringing us sort of through history of the patriarchy and all that, and you were tracking what was going on astrologically? Yes. Fantastic episode if you haven't listened to it. Right. It sort of gives me that kind of vibe, like as we're sort of evolving and shifting into more of living intuitively, you right. are becoming more obsessed with our moon signs. And I, I really love that.
1: Yeah. I mean, we shifted out of this, the age that we were in, you know, we had, we've had all these astrological events this year where we're, we're changing and growing and, you know, switching to 5d if that's what, if that's what you want to call it. I'm also obsessed with saying everything is me shifting into 5D. We I mean,
0: it's sort of like when Mercury's in retrograde and you blame everything on Mercury, even though it has nothing to do with it. Sometimes it's the same thing for us. It's like, Oh,
1: it must be because of- we're shifting to 5D. Glitch in 5D. Um, <laughs> but I do think, I mean, times, I mean, we literally are changing. Like yep. there is a huge planetary shift that's happening. And I think with that is that, your sun sign represents your ego, mm-hmm. not in a bad way, but that's what it represents. The sun represents the ego and you and like being all about you and your moon, your moon sign is all about your intuition and your feelings. And so seeing the tide, the tide, as we talk about moons, <laughs> um, seeing that shift into people now looking at what their moon sign is, I think is so cool. I really agree. Even
0: the the episode we did about the moon, yeah. lunar cycles, the the feedback from people about how excited they were and how much they connected with that information was really exciting for me. Like as two people who have been like talking about that and telling people to get into it for a long time, when it kind of finally hits, it's like, ooh.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, people when they found out they could look up what moon sign they were born under, that we got a huge response on social media because they were like, people were like, oh my God, this makes so much sense for me. I can't believe it. I didn't even know this was a thing.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So I think that I, well, first of all, I send you a lot of TikToks every day. Yep. Yeah. We send them to each other. It's like yeah. our friendship love language, if you will. I would say like 50% of them lately have been like really interesting things about like if, Based on your moon sign, this is how you should do this or that or look into this or gain this information. Right. That stuff was not around even like two months ago.
1: No, it wasn't. It's, it's like, wow, uh, people are finally seeing this stuff or what your moon does with your mercury. Like actually mm-hmm. look at, not just into how you present to yourself, but how all the inner workings are starting to work together, and I, I love that journey for us that we're looking into it. <laughs> I do too. I really do. What is your moon sign, Jay? Cancer. I'm a double Cancer, Cancer Sun and Cancer Moon, so mm-hmm. they're the same, but they're also heightened because of that. I
0: also, sure. I also love that your ego and intuition are the same sign. In right. I won't get into all the reasons I love that for you. But I just would like everyone to know that it tracks. And if I can share one place that I think it's really interesting where it tracks is that you always feel like the things coming in intuitively should feel really different and, and more loud and special than they are. True. Your intuition and your ego are in the same mother effing sign, So they kind of come in very similarly.
1: Exactly. That's why it's hard to differentiate and distinguish them.
0: Yes. Where yeah. you have like these similarities across the board. I do this thing where I have to text you and ask you what my signs are because I don't remember. And then I'm always like, that doesn't sound right. And you're like, yes, it does.
1: <laughs> exactly. And and part of that is because we're all we grew up just reading your sun sign in the in the newspaper or whatever. Yeah. whatever you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, my moon sign is Libra, which is all about love, love, love and emotional balance. And when I first heard that, I was like, no. And then I think you were like, didn't you name your business Embody Love? I was like, oh yeah. shoot. <laughs> you don't
1: you sign like your auto signature on your email is like with love and intuition or something like that? I totally do. <laughs> so perfect.
0: So if you are starting to feel into this too, again, I would just like to say you're just in tune with stuff. Like if this draws you in, if you want to know more, if you want to talk about this, like we do all the time, like you're just in tune. And if you haven't stumbled upon it yet, but you're listening to this, this is your sign to to dig more in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then you can be obsessed like we are. Yeah, you can join our combo.
0: I would like to... Just give a quick synopsis of Cinderella. Okay. I won't go into it as much as I did with the others, but I think the, what I believe is the origin story is worth just a quick mention. Okay. So I believe that Cinderella is actually the story of Rodopis, and I'm going to spell it because I heard it pronounced so many different ways. It's R H O D O P I S. Okay. So, she was a beautiful servant girl who was bathing in the Nile when an eagle stole her shoe. So, picture like ancient sandal. Yeah. And dropped it in the lap of the king at the time.
1: Wow. Okay. The king believed
0: it was a sign from Zeus and found the girl and made her his queen. Interesting. I thought it was interesting too. I would like to point out that. Hmm. use of animals and creatures. And remember in Sleeping Beauty, there was the half woman, half bird. That's just a siren. Like we only think of mermaids as sirens, but half women, half birds were also very well known in mythology as sirens as well, which were these beautiful women who were half some sort of animal and half wild and half woman who would lead men to their death, which was always, Always a symbol of the wild woman.
1: Right. Like the seductress as being evil or the, the demise of a man who couldn't control himself. Yeah. Sound familiar? Men still not being able to take responsibility for their behaviors.
0: Exactly. These women were just like powerful enough to just murder them if they did that.
1: <laughs> right. It's <Which is laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: So when you see me like loving mermaids and having all my mermaid stuff and you're like, Oh, that's like so sweet and, and cute and fluffy, um, I don't mean it that way.
1: Or if you think like, Oh, that's so basic, like <laughs> oh these basic bitches just love mermaids and unicorns. Read deeper. Read but, deeper. And, and now you know why, like what we were saying earlier and in the in the episode about the Sabbaths, like when you're compelled to wear a scarf in the fall and drink a pumpkin spice latte and do all that stuff. It's not because you're basic. It's because that's actually the modern version of what we've been doing for millennia. It's like the pumpkin spice latte is the modern day, like harvest and embracing the change of scene of seasons.
0: Exactly. It's just your pagan ancestry and DNA and energy coming through. And that's, beautiful. That's your
1: roots. That's your culture. Good for Right, you. And that's why you love a mermaid and you, and you love something like that. It's because you've been hearing these stories forever.
0: Yes. Now I will say that in most fairy tales, the animals or animal like creatures are there to do something for women and trick men. Right. They are. And that carries over into the Disney versions. Yes, it does. So think of like the animals helping or the, the mice and stuff helping Cinderella with her chores, yep. you know, the, the fairy, fairy godmother, you know, mm-hmm. just say goddess, if you would like. And that right. story turns animals into like the coach drivers, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, All of these things happen, you know, Sleeping Beauty sings and the animals help her find and lead her to the prince. So this is still tracking. And so we still say like, Oh, it's a Cinderella story when some like rich man marries a beautiful poor woman. Right. Back in the day here, this story, this is my theory. Again, I didn't come up with it. I just agree with it. That this story was kind of, telling women, if you, if men think it was a sign from God, they'll do whatever.
1: Right. Exactly. Like they can, you have no say, especially if it's a King, you have to go where he says you have to go, you have to become his wife. You're just sitting there in the Nile. And next thing you know, you're, you're all of a sudden married to some old guy.
0: Yeah. And you have to hear the word servant in these stories also as slave. Exactly. That was the same thing. So she became queen from that because this, an eagle randomly drops a shoe, her shoe in a king's lap, quote unquote, randomly. And because he thought it was a sign from Zeus, she became the queen. Right. So tell him, you can see what we were getting at there, I think.
1: <sighs> yeah. Agreed.
0: Okay. I have to just do an honorable mention here before we chat about a couple of other things. Okay. I would like to honorably mention the story of Pocahontas. Oh yes. Now this was not an ancient pagan tale. So I'm, I'm just adding it in here as just an aside because I feel like I would be doing a disservice if I didn't mention the terribleness of this movie. (laughs) Well, Pocahontas was a real person. This is not a mythological story. This is not a story that was passed down. This is a a real person who her story was butchered into a fairy tale, completely appropriating a culture and completely making basically the um, kidnapping of a child, basically sex trafficking, if you will.
1: This is colonizing propaganda. Let's just say what it is.
0: Exactly. And then saying like she willingly like left or wanted to be with John Smith or whatever the story goes and not marry that, like the handsome warrior guy, like none of that was true. She actually was married to the guy. It's right. a whole thing. I would just like, I would just like to say that is an, an abomination of a story. And I, I loved that story. Like I loved that. I loved Pocahontas. I loved everything about that. And it, when I found out the truth was like, this is devastating that this is what they did to that story.
1: Well, I think that that's the point of it. I, I think that a movie like that is made to fall in line with the the whitewashing of the history that we are taught in this country. Mm-hmm. That people of all colors are taught of this whitewashed history. And I think that that is very much applicable to this movie that it's, it's how the patriarchy wants you to see, you know, the settling with my air quotes, you know, like the settling of America and what happened with, you know, our relations with indigenous tribes. It was the the movies trash It's garbage.
0: Agreed. Agreed. And I remember it being so spun when we were kids that it was like, Oh, look at this diversity in a movie, right? But this is yes. what we do, and then we just completely disrespect a culture to you know fit a narrative that supports the patriarchy that you know it it just really bugs me, and I didn't want to not mention it. It doesn't really fit into the fairy tale genre, but I feel like it's worth looking at that these stories are not just taken and like made into like ridiculous things to keep women in line. They're also hurting other cultures.
1: Yeah. And I think it should be noted that that's how thick and deep seated white supremacy is in this country is that it was sold, like you said, as like, oh, look at this diversity. And we all bought into it like, oh, wow, this is so great for indigenous people. But really, like, that's just the bone they were going to throw indigenous tribes to have like one character and one movie and then it was going to be completely false to what happened and it was going to be used against them you know the story was going to be told to protect white people and we were all like yay diversity oh look at us white people being so kind and generous we're we're so lovely yep you know yeah that that was only like 30 years ago.
0: Yeah. And, you know, we did that as we continue to repress their culture and take what we want from it and profit while they don't. Like,
1: right. And as their women continue to go missing and be trafficked, just like Pocahontas was.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So if you, I would just also like to say, maybe this is too sassy, Jay, and you can tell me and we'll cut it out. But if you were one of those people, most of you, most of them fizzled out, but who was like, the real issue is not race, it's you know, sex trafficking, we have to protect our children from it. But like you also don't have a problem with Pocahontas, then I'm I'm calling you on it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Right. No.
0: All right. I would like to take a moment to just discuss all of these, right? Mm-hmm. Like all of these fairy tales and look at something that I think is very clear messaging in all of them. I'm wondering, do you think that it was pertinent at the time of these myths that these things were starting to happen, or do you think that this was just the predictions of really smart women or do you think it's both?
1: I think it might be a little bit of both, but if we're going on the timeline that we timelines that we have, I actually want to air sort of more on the side of it being predictions.
0: Mm, I agree.
1: I I think that, I think that at that time, if you're talking about 4000 BCE, that really was just when the patriarchy was starting to like to slowly insidiously grow across the globe. And so I think that it, it probably was starting to pop up. But I think that there were a lot of very wise, very intuitive women who were intuiting that this was going to become a very big problem. I,
0: I think I'm I'm completely with you on this theory. I think that they were starting to see the writing on the wall. I think yeah. things were starting to shift away and change cultural culturally. That's a hard word to say. <laughs> but I also think they were going, if this continues, this is what's going to happen. So let's stop not valuing women for their wisdom and only for the way that they look and their roles as mothers and wives. Let's right. let's continue these tales so that this doesn't happen. Now, unfortunately, it's happened, and their stories then became part of that kind of propaganda. Yes. But now, what if we start using their stories to undo it? Like that's yes. that's a spell, right? Like it, it, to right. me, it's spell is just any words you speak. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's always what it was. BS.
1: That's
0: always it. Yeah. So if we take that, like think of the power in these stories, in these words, if we started retelling them, you know, I'm even thinking of the telling of the Maleficent story, which does not represent the original story here. I don't think at all. But we start to look at like these women as not just like these, these evil roles or they're good or they're bad. You know, like I said, there's no, there's really no mothers (laughs) and except Sleeping Beauty has a mother who just like gives up on her right away. Like it's a whole thing, no speaking roles or anything. Right. So, but if we start to go like, let's not just see women in these two roles and we start to look deeper at their stories and actually tell the stories with the tales that were meant to, you know, be passed on. I think we might be able to stumble on some, some real magic there.
1: Yeah. I mean, those warnings that were told then could still very much apply to our lives now, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I mean, unfortunately, they still apply. I would have, I would love for us to be telling this story, this podcast, and be like, "Oh, women had to protect themselves six thousand years ago," and and but thankfully, we don't have to do that now. Well, unfortunately, we still do. It's yeah, still a problem.
0: Exactly right. Exactly right. I also think, and I'm here for the fact that the stories are now told. Where the men are the heroes, right, and and they right. rescue the women and all that. But originally, the men were kind of
1: the idiots, right? They didn't help at all. No.
0: So I just think it's it's really interesting. And this is not me bashing men or hating on men, not at all. But that's not how I feel. But I do think it's like, like living in a society where it, the story is always like the quote unquote Cinderella story. And it's like what a woman can represent as an object to a man. When you go back and you see that the stories were really all about women <laughs> and their right. roles, it's in that the men were just sort of like in the way. Like, I think that's really interesting.
1: Right. Because now there are stories where women have to be saved. Exactly. Exactly.
0: I don't know. I I find that really interesting too. So I'm, I'm saying I would like us to retell them all. I volunteer to star in any movie as any princess. Although I think we should probably have people who look like, like not like white people telling these stories.
1: Yeah, Exactly. Right. Exactly. We need some culturally appropriate people to be starring in these films. Although I think we could consult on, We
0: could consult and maybe we could be like background extras or something. I would be cool with that.
1: Yes. I'll be the chipmunk in the background. (laughs) I love it.
0: All right. There's one other thing that I would like to bring up that is a total Heather thing. Okay. This is that based on your favorite modern day telling of a fairy tale, I can tell which of the three universal ego fears is yours.
1: I love this. I love this game.
0: <laughs> so I'm not going to go into all of them, but I figured I would just grab the examples that I told today.
1: Okay.
0: Um, so the three universal fears, this also could be an episode on the three universal fears, um, are abandonment, rejection, and being seen as a fraud. Okay. Okay. So everyone fears all three of those things all the time. Your ego's job is to protect you from feeling those ways and to give you a heads up when you might. Right. But everyone has one that is their main one.
1: Yes. We all know mine is abandonment. <laughs> yes, we do. we talked about it before. <laughs> okay.
0: Let's start with Snow White. Okay. If we look at her modern day telling, modern day Disney princess version of her story, if this is your favorite I believe that the fear the main fear you have is of being seen as a fraud. Nailed it. <laughs> so the modern day telling of this story is of a girl who changes her identity because her evil stepmother is trying to kill her and goes and lives with seven dwarves in the woods and is actually like super happy doing right. that. And then is poisoned by this evil witch. With an apple, yeah. goes into a coma. Comas are so popular back in the day. Were people just like falling into comas all the time? I don't understand. Exactly. Okay. So she's she goes into a coma. And this handsome prince she knew from her former life comes along, finds her, and takes her away. But she was – girlfriend was having fun with the dwarf. Yeah, he was fine. She has to keep – Changing to whoever she's with. So I think being seen as a fraud, not being seen for who she is, is Snow White's thing. So I think if this was your favorite, that this is probably your biggest universal fear, too.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Okay. The next story I told was Sleeping Beauty. Mm-hmm. Sleeping Beauty, if this is your favorite, like me, then your biggest universal fear is rejection.
1: Perfect. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sleeping Beauty in the modern day version Mm -hmm. was rejected by her parents. Yeah. Instead of fighting off this, whatever Maleficent's supposed to be, I think she's supposed to be a witch, but I've always been like, what is she supposed to be a demon? I don't, I don't know.
1: Uh, yeah I think sh- I think it's like a blending of those two. They want us to see witches as demons,
0: right exactly, so she's that, and instead of like fighting back, it's the freaking king and queen with all the resources they've got their own fairies on retainer, and instead of fighting back, they send her to live in the woods and then bring her back on the her the day of her birthday where she's predicted to like fall into a, again a coma right right um and they're like, all right, yeah, sure, come back. Great idea.
1: Right, exactly.
0: Right? When she lives in the woods with the fairies, they're not allowed to use magic. Right. Which she loves the magic. which Exactly. It, right? And then right. she comes back and ends up being saved by this dude she met in the woods who only liked her for her singing voice and the way she looked. She's She marries him.
1: Right, exactly. And she was
0: betrothed to him the whole time
1: anyways. Right. Super
0: weird to me, classic story of rejection. So if that was your favorite, I think that's what you're most afraid of. Agreed. Okay. Lastly, Miss Cinderella. Okay. She's Abandonment. Yeah. I think she's your (laughs) girl, Jay.
1: Well, well, so does that track for me? Because my favorite fairy tale is um, Beauty and the Beast. Like, I love Belle. Belle is my homegirl.
0: Yes. Belle, not only in the story is supposedly abandoned by her mother. She has to abandon her father.
1: Right. Exactly. And then
0: she's the whole time abandoned by the whole town.
1: I mean, this really, this really tracks for me. So Belle is
0: absolutely 100 And the reason that that the whole town like abandons her, they don't reject her. She's part of it. They all talk to her. They all sing about her, right? She's not, they reject her father, but they, li- they like her, but they are, keep her separated because she's smart. She likes to read.
1: Right. Like she's pretty enough to keep around. <laughs> so you can stay Belle, but can you just keep it down about the books and the, keep the your, science? Keep your
0: intelligence to yourself, right. Belle. It's creeping us out. Yeah,
1: (laughs) I love love that movie, and I I hate that I love it because of that. But like, I could sing that song all day. My children hate that I still sing that song. I love it.
0: It tracks. It tracks. It does. Yeah. So Cinderella and also Belle from Beauty and the Beast are abandonment. They are abandoned several times over in the story. Cinderella's whole story starts with that whole weird Disney thing that they love to do with. No mother ever existed, apparently. Right. The father, who is this wonderful, kind man, remarries as a service to his daughter, remarries an evil stepmother woman who's cold to her and mean to her. He croaks, right? right. I'm guessing. I always assume the stepmother kills the guys for their money. I don't know. Maybe I'm just right. reading too far in.
1: No, I and,
0: yeah. And then it has to be a servant for them forever. So, yeah. There you go. That Those are my theories. If, if those are your three, if, if it's one that I didn't mention, you guys can, you know, post on social media. I'll tell you which one I think it is. But
1: I, yeah, I would say we should do a post. And if people want to write what their favorite fairy tale is, we can we can comment what the universal fear is. Exactly right.
0: So there you go. That's that. I would also like to say if you didn't like fairy tales as a kid. I would like to speak to you as well.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Because, first of all, girls don't have to like fairy tales to be girly. That's ridiculous.
1: Right. They do not.
0: If you weren't drawn to them, no big deal. In right. fact, I think if you weren't ever drawn to them, I really do think that you were probably more in tune than the rest of us to the fact that these stories were bullshit.
1: I was just going to say that. I think you were probably one step ahead.
0: I think you were ahead of us and I think you you smelled bullshit before the rest of us. And so I think if anything, you get a prize from me and do not ever let anybody tell you that certain things have to be true about you, like that you're a weird girl if you don't like that. That's ridiculous. Right. Exactly. Or if you're a boy who loves it. My boys loved the fairy tales growing up. There's nothing wrong with that. That That's great. Let's not make this about Gender. genderless socialized gender roles I'm not yeah I
1: agree that. yeah I agree
0: yeah all right I say we get to work any TV studios who want to call us or movie studios about developing these and like really doing the real stories Jamie and I are here for that just yeah. let us know we are willing to be flown anywhere to help you and we're willing to be paid lots of money for it as well.
1: Yes. Have your people call my people. (laughs) My my people is Heather. Call Heather. We'll we'll set it up. (laughs) Give me a call.
0: I'm ready. Shoot us a message. We're here for it. We'll happily (laughs) consult and be the background extras while the people who represent the cultures that should actually be represented star in it. Maybe we could be the evil stepsisters or something. I feel like they could be white girls.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Can I ask everyone listening to do us a favor? Can you please go wherever you're listening to this, whatever platform you listen to the IGG on, can you go on for us, please? And like, whatever it's asking you to do, like, like, follow, download, rate, write a review. We would love for you to do that for us.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to our episode for show notes and a place to send feedback. Please visit our website, embodylove.me slash intuitive girls. Again, that's embodylove.me slash intuitive girls.